This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. Today, Doug has asked a good friend, Mark Roy, with Somebody Cares San Antonio to share a timely word of encouragement and hope. If you're listening today and need prayer, please reach out to us by emailing prayer at somebodycares.org or calling our prayer line 855-459-2273. We are also sharing encouraging messages and updates via Facebook Live. You can find us there at Somebody Cares America. Hey, Doug, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be able to come back on your podcast again and uh, just share a couple of things I feel like the Lord has been sharing with me. A couple of weeks ago when I was uh, actually preparing to, to preach at a local church that I'm a part of here in San Antonio, um, I began to talk about a message about the vulnerability of compassion, and I might be able to get some time to share on that, but the, really the word that I feel like the Lord really had spoken in my heart um, was about our position and our posture as believers, as followers of Christ, uh, to the coronavirus. And I know there's just been uh, so many different people giving different perspectives. And so this is my perspective uh, of some things that I that I think I just want to share with everybody. And I, again, I thank you for the opportunity uh, to be able to come. You know, a verse of scripture that came to me pretty much right out of the out of the the shoot here was Second uh, Timothy one seven, a verse that we all know, um, and is for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but He's given us power, love, and discipline, and or a sound mind. And when I thought of that verse, uh, I actually had just gotten back from Southeast Asia. I was in Thailand and Cambodia. And had gotten back um, the first week in February after being gone for 15 days, and uh, so I was a little bit aware uh, aware of what was going on in that part of the world, but really had been out of a lot of uh, really the development of the coronavirus. And so uh, when I actually came back from Cambodia, I came and I actually put myself into self quarantine. I was feeling great and everything, but just because of my family, my my children, and my grandchildren, um, I just went into a time of isolation. And that was before uh, things had really started developing um, here in the United States like it has now. But it was really interesting to come back and to watch just how much fear uh, that I saw everywhere. And again, I, I think there's we all need to be greatly concerned and practice all the safe things that government and medical officials are telling us to do. But it was amazing to me to see how quickly the fear got ramped up. And that's why I thought about this verse of scripture. And one of the things I felt like the Lord was was speaking to me about this, uh, it says that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. So who gives us fear? Of course, we know that's the enemy. That's the devil. That's his plan uh, is to bring fear into our heart because when fear comes into our heart, what it does, it paralyzes our faith. And and we're watching it paralyze our entire culture. Uh, and again, respectfully doing, we have in San Antonio right now, we're in a time of self-isolation in our homes uh, and we're respecting that. But more than that, I feel like it, it 
it's this fear that gets so propagated really more because of what is the unknown and that's one of the things that's so different even about the coronavirus is that it can be dormant and you can even be non-symptomatic and not know that you have it and you can still give it to someone there's so many unknowns and it's in the midst of the unknown that i think that fear begins to be propagated in our heart and definitely in our culture and so when i thought about this verse for god has not given us the spirit of fear what the lord spoke to me is that he's given us three things about him in this verse that literally become like weapons to us and so when i think about our posture what is our posture in our spiritual relationship with god that's the vertical part and then i think when i'll speak about the position it really speaks about how we live everyday life it's our horizontal life how do we go through each day and i think i have some really good practical and steps of encouragement because i think that's what the body needs right now is we need just some really good simple things the gospel is so simply powerful in our life we live in a world of crisis but this presents us with an opportunity we must not waste we are called to be the light of the world filled with the spirit of god a city on a hill Light always shines brightest amidst the darkest hours. As we draw closer to God and reconnect with our families, let's remember to care for the most vulnerable. Somebody Cares chapters and partners continue to bless our communities with much needed supplies, including N95 masks to our medical professionals, food and essentials for our senior citizens and families, encouragement and friendship for those who feel alone. You can be a blessing too. Give today at somebodycares.org. But the first thing that that verse says, that he hasn't given us fear, but he's given us power. And that's the first weapon that I want to encourage everyone with, because we have to realize that though we seem powerless, and in many ways we are, that doesn't change who God is. God is all-knowing, God has all the power in the world, and God is in control of this situation. And as long as we stay and we remind ourselves of that and live our life, our life realizing that we believe in a God through Jesus Christ, we believe in a Heavenly Father, that He is all-powerful. And that's the knowledge of Him that this Scripture gives. And then the second thing is... He haven't, hasn't given us fear, but of power and of love. And I, when I thought about this, I just contemplated how we as parents and how we as grandparents, how quickly and how easily it would be for us to lay down our life for our own children, our grandchildren. We'd be more than willing to do that. And yet we are imperfect beings. And yet we have a perfect father that loves in in a manner that is so deep that you know it says for god so loved us that he gave his only begotten son but to me what i thought about when i thought about god's love is that god is overseeing every single one of his children if you put your faith in jesus christ and you're a child of him in the natural we are so protective over our children how much more is he over us that he protects us and i love uh, I love what it says in 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 18. It says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love, it casts out all fear. So be reminded today, not only of God's power, but also of God's love. 
and that his love for us is perfect and that his love for us drives out fear. And then the last thing that it promises us there in the translation I'm reading in, it says that God promises us one of the tools that we have, one of the weapons we have of power and of love, but then also it's a sound mind. And and I honestly believe that this is the biggest battleground for everyone right now. It's our sound mindedness. It's our ability to keep our thoughts focused. And and let me tell you, a couple of days ago, uh, I can honestly say it was a struggle for me. And there's ebbs and flows of everything, of being in isolation, of, of not being able to do that. Even to know that there's needs in your community that you would love to go and be able to go do and help help others uh, and go and be with family that, you know, that right now we can't do. And it has a tendency to come. But he promises us a sound mind, a sound mind. And I thought about the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5-6. through 6, And it says this, That we are destroying speculations in every lofty thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And you see, that's what fear does. Fear comes and tries to dismiss the knowledge of God. And that's why I just wanted to encourage everybody, be reminded of God's power. Be reminded of God's love. Be reminded that the knowledge of God, of who God is, that He promises us that He will give us a sound mind. I was cruising through Facebook like many of us do on a daily basis or Instagram and looking at different feeds. And an acquaintance of mine, a lady named Danielle Strickland, and she talked about the three postures of prayer. And I just thought this was so good. I asked her permission if, if I could use this just in this. But she talked about three different postures of prayer that she practiced on a daily basis. And number one, it all had to do with our hands. And it was a posture of surrender. And it would be as if we were holding our hands up. And, and, and she spoke about the things that she would declare and she would choose to surrender all her fears. She would choose to surrender all her plans and her control about the virus that day. And she says, I would choose to seek your words. And that's what we have to do is that we have to be willing. We have to be willing just to choose to surrender and say, God, I, I, I want to get rid of all my fears and anxiety around the virus today. And I choose to surrender my plans and my control that sometimes holds us so tightly. And I choose to trust in you and to seek your voice. And that was the first posture. The second posture was a generosity uh, posture. And it really was with our hands open and extended out. And this was the declaration that, that Danielle said. She said this, I choose to open my hands this day to receive afresh your love and your mercy, which is new every morning. I choose to hold my hands open to the world to seek and to share all that I have received from you. I choose a generous spirit driven by abundance and not scarcity, hope and not fear. I love that one. So, and that's easy for us when when we get in times like this that we begin to close our hands of even willingness to share with other people, you know. And we see that across the country with people hoarding 
toilet paper, which I still don't really get the whole toilet paper thing. But let us be a people that not only surrenders ourselves to Him on a daily basis with our hands stretched up to God, and let us be a people that would have our hands open, that we'd be willing to share, whether it's a, a physical thing or a word of encouragement or whatever it may be. And then the last posture that she had was um, was our hands extended out. And it was what she called mission, that we can't forget the mission that God has called us as believers, that we are on a mission. And, and this is the declaration that she made from that, that I choose to orient my life to the vulnerable and to the hurting. I choose to reject self-centeredness tendencies and choose other-centered actions. I choose to engage in this fight rather than retreat and to be self-absorbed. And boy, that's just an encouraging word that we as believers is that this is not a time for us to retreat, but it is a time in a posture of prayer, a vertical, our vertical relationship with God to be, number one, to embrace our humanity that we struggle with wanting to self-preserve. We struggle with wanting to make sure that we're taking care of us, you know, our four and no more, as that old saying goes. We struggle with losing, again, the mission that he's called us, that he's called us to be a light on the hill. He's called us to be a voice, not only of faith, but of hope. And hope is such an important thing. So I love that of what Daniel Strickland said, and you can follow her or just Google her name, and uh, you can actually find that decoration online if you want to do so. Um, but then the, the next thing, when I, when I think about the relationship that we have in everyday life, and to me this has helped me so much because it really simplified what my focus was supposed to be every day. So many of us are so so are, have such busy schedules, and we're going and doing, and you know, meeting people, doing stuff, planning stuff, you know, enacting uh, or acting out what our plans of actions are. We're, we're so busy, such a busy culture of all that, and it's now that that's been taken from us, it, we kind of lose our footing. I know for me, it's it's hard to enter into that that rest uh, that is there, but. This is what the Lord spoke to me about, what my focus was to be on a daily basis. And it's something that all of us know. In Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23, it says this. Now listen to this verse. You're going to know it. You know it. You know it. You know it. We've heard it for years and years. But in the context of all this crisis, all this pandemic of the coronavirus, listen to this verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It is joy, it is peace, it is patience, it is kindness, it is goodness, it is faithfulness, it is gentleness, it is self-control. Against such things there is no law. Isn't that amazing? When you put that verse in the context of us being isolated in our own homes, uh, maybe just with your wife or with your husband, or maybe it's your wife and your children. In the midst of all that, in, in the midst of us having, maybe you're a business lady or a businessman and you're finding yourself and you're having to homeschool your children. You're having to channel all that energy that is there. Whatever it may be, our focus is to bear the fruit of the Spirit. 
from the seed of salvation that was planted in our hearts through Jesus Christ, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, it is love, it is joy, it is peace, it is patience, it is kindness, it is goodness, it is faithfulness, it is gentleness, it is self-control. I can remember a number of years ago, I think it was around 19, I think it was 1996, and I had gone with a group of some leaders, and we went over to Beirut, Lebanon. It was the first time that I'd ever uh, been into uh, the Middle East culture. And, you know, you always have these preconceived ideas of what things are going to be. But we went there, and there was this uh, a friend of ours, a Jordanian man named Petro, uh, Samir Petro, and uh, a good friend. And I can remember, you know, really beginning to understand all the culture. We didn't go there to do anything. We just went there to really understand uh, what Christ looked at in the context of, of Lebanon. At that time, it was occupied by Syria, and it was a very different experience. But I can remember after visiting all these different types of, of, of groups and people, uh, but I remember one evening we were having a wonderful meal uh, in, in in Beirut, and I remember talking to Samir, saying, Samir, what do you, what do you see as the greatest tool of evangelism in the Middle East or in, in Lebanon. And I remember he, he gave me an answer that was just so unusual. I wasn't expecting thing, uh, expecting what I heard. I was really kind of thinking more maybe of a method or a strategy. But I remember Samir, Samir Petro said this. He says, it's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the greatest tool of evangelism. And if you really think about it, it's in times like this that when we have opportunities and, and if you do get out and whatever limited to go to the grocery store or whatever, it's it's actually so easy to strike up a conversation. But when you carry love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, when you do that, it is so easy for people to look at you and say, how can you be at such peace in the midst of what seems to be so much chaos going on all around you? And it's the fruit of the Spirit that is one of the greatest testimonies of who Christ is. So I just want to encourage you every day, and this is what I do every day. I say, Lord, let me be full of love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let me be that. Let me be a, a man, let me be a father, let me be a husband uh, that carries those fruits of the Holy Spirit so that people may be encouraged. And maybe even people will encounter who God is uh, for the first time just because of how we're living our life. You know, John 10.10, 10, another verse that everyone knows, it says that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy but he says, I came that they may have life and that they may have it abundant. And again, what a great verse of scripture. All the destruction that we see going on, all the thousands of people that we see that are dying because of this virus, um, that's not God's plan. God's not doing that. Uh, this, the enemy comes to kill and destroy but in the midst of that, he says to us as followers of Christ that I come and I give you life and, 
And we we all know that we think of an eternal life that we have, and, and that's a, an awesome foundation to work from, that no matter what happens in this physical earth, that we do have a home in heaven. So if something did happen to me, if something did happen to you, of course we would all miss our families and our loved ones, but to be absent here is to be in the presence of the Lord. But he says, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it in abundance. So even in the midst of what there seems to be a scarcity of hope, um, it, there seems to be a, a loss of, of direction, even in the midst of all that, of provision, he says, listen, I'm going to take care of you. You're going to have life and you're going to live it abundantly. That's his promise to us. A couple of things that I thought about when I thought about fear is it number one, is it fear is putting faith in the wrong person. When we have fear operating in our lives, uh, we paint a target on us, and it is actually a landing place for anxiety. And anxiety is a form of fear. And, and I know a lot of people, I have some friends and even some family members that sometimes struggle even on a daily basis without having uh, the coronavirus running around that, that struggle some with anxiety or with panic attacks or whatever. But I want you to know that that's not God's heart for us, for you. And Another thing about fear is this, and this is, again, the, I'm just trying to share with you some practical things uh, that are helping me to be reminded of my relationship with God, that He's all-powerful and loving, and He promises me a sound mind. But to focus again on the fruit of the Spirit, but, but this statement here is so true when it says this, is what we focus our mind on overall will produce our reality. And so even in me in these days, you know, I listen to a little bit of news. I try to stay updated about what's going on. So I, I know how to pray. I know how to see how we can, you know, how we can help uh, as a chapter of Somebody Cares America um, with my relationships, whatever we can do to help. But what we focus our mind on is going to become our reality. And so if all you're doing is watching all the news reports, first thing you're doing is looking at your iPhone. It's the first thing you can do in the morning. If that's the first posture that you're taking, the more whatever you focus your mind on will become your reality. So I want to encourage you today. Uh, just look at your own time right now and say, what am I doing? You know, I have, I have a playlist that I have on Spotify, and I call it Take Back the Dark tour thing we had just done a worship tour through Cambodia and I put together this worship list and it's been something that's been really like an anchor to me that worship and prayer and even meditation it's been something that's been so good for me and but it's one of the ways that I want my reality to be God focused and not world focused and I'm just talking about the news and everything that's going on but what we focus our mind on will become our reality and also this is any thought that does not produce hope, it can become a stronghold in our life. And I think that's what the enemy wants to do in our minds is that he wants to, to keep us in a place to where we would focus so much on the negative that, that it would take our hope. You know, faith is a spirit commodity. It's where your spirit man connects with God. But hope, the Bible says over and over again that hope is the anchor of the soul. 
So I pray that today that your heart would be anchored in the truth of God's power, of God's love, of His promise of a sound mind, the promise of the fruit of the Spirit, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I know I've said that many, many times, and I'm doing it on purpose because we need to be reminded those are the things, the fruit of the seed of salvation in our life, those are the things that God has for us. And I'll just close with a couple thoughts. One more scripture, Romans 8, verse 28. It says this, And we know God causes all things to work together for good to those that love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. Okay, so the only qualifiers for you to step, for you and me to step into all things, that God takes all things to work together for good. So even in, in the midst of all this craziness and all this fear and all this uncertainty, God says, hey, listen, what the enemy has meant for evil, I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it for good. I'm going to use it for good. The only qualifiers, I'll use it for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. So that's the first thing we have to do is, do you love God? Do you love God? For God so loved that he gave, and he gave the gift of salvation to us. He says, no greater love than this, and a man would lay his life down for his friends. And that's one of the ways that we know that the love of God is within us. It's because of what God is doing through us. And my good friend and, and mentor, Larry Randolph, said this. It said, our destiny is greater than the crisis that is in front of us. So I just want to encourage you today. I want to remind you today that our posture and position to the coronavirus as followers of him, number one, there's a vertical one, and it's to be focused on the knowledge of who God is, that he is all-powerful, he is all-loving, and that he promises us a sound mind. When we look at our horizontal relationship, which is how we live everyday life, it, our focus needs to be, Lord, would you produce the fruit of the Spirit in our life? so they would be evident that we're followers of you. Would we, would we be full of love? Would we be full of all the things that we need to deal with everyday life? And so I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today in the Word. Be reminded of who God is. Be reminded of His love and His power. I just want to pray for you real quick. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus for every person that's hearing this podcast today. And Father, I pray uh, that Lord, in the name of Jesus, that Lord, that you would move mightily in their life. Father, I just declare your power over them of what it says in, in Timothy, that you are all powerful. I declare your power. Father, I speak into circumstances and situations where people feel powerless, and I declare the power of God. Holy Spirit, I just invite you in the name of Jesus to come and to help my brothers and my sisters. Help us. Help me, Father. Holy Spirit, we receive you as the great comforter. We receive you as a representative on this earth of the power and the love of our Heavenly Father that we have received so graciously through Jesus. I declare your power. Father, I declare your love over people. 
Father, I, I just come against what anything that people may be experiencing because of isolation, because of separation, a, a spirit of loneliness, a spirit of despair. Father, I, I just come against all those things and I just declare, I declare over them uh, of what your word says and uh, in, in that you have come, that we would have life and that we would have it abundantly. So Lord, I just speak a blessing on another one. Let the let the love of God be known, uh, be known in our lives. And Father, I just pray on all of us that are so attacked in our minds. And Lord, I just thank you that of, of what it says in, in Matthew chapter 6 when when Jesus was speaking to, to us, when he said, look at the lilies of the field, look at the birds of the air. They don't do anything and I take care of them. And how much more valuable are you to me than they and I take care of them I make them beautiful I feed them I take care of them and father we thank you for that word picture that Jesus gave us that he says how much more important to me are you than a flower than a bird so father I just thank you that though we're separated we're not because by the spirit we're together. And so, Father, I just speak encouragement. Holy Spirit, just empower this time. I, I, I thank you for Doug. I thank you for Somebody Cares and the opportunity that we have to be able to share uh, resources, share wisdom. And Lord, we just pray. We thank you for the mission that you give, not just Somebody Cares, but you give everyone on a daily basis in ministries and opportunities that we have. That, Father, when we're in this season of what seems to be a reset culturally, we just pray for your kingdom to come. So, Father, I just thank you and I bless you. And uh, we just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Doug, thank you so much for letting me share today. Um, I look forward uh, to keeping caught up with you on your podcast. And it's I know it's making such an impact in the world. So, thank you, brother. Bless you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.